0: Episode 345: The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. One World, One People, Season 1, Episode 6. Welcome
1: to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of SHIELD and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place.
0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of welcome to level seven i'm ben ben avery one of three hosts who is here to talk about the season if not the series finale of the falcon and the winter soldier the other two people right over there samantha Stuart?
2: say hello please hello please, <laughs> hello, please. Nice. <laughs> I have been reading in several different sources that this is a season finale, not a series finale. Uh, but right now, we only have the one season. I don't think it's been renewed for a second season, correct?
0: I have not seen anything official, but I would disagree with them. Whether or not we see another series with these characters doing these things, it's this was the season and series finale because we have a new title. I mean, yeah, yeah. Is it technically season two if it's a whole new title? Like when when we moved from Cheers to Frasier, that wasn't season eleven of Cheers. It was season one of Frasier, right?
3: Yes, but did you get tossed salad and scrambled eggs? Yes, you did. Yes, you did, Ben. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, Stuart. You say that I, I may seem a bit confused, but but baby, I got you pegged. <laughs>
3: i got nothing that was incredible no, no, that was very good that was
0: very good all right
2: but i don't know what to do with uh, my tossed salad and scrambled eggs
0: <laughs> Calling again and all I good night everybody <laughs> hey we're here to talk about the final episode in this season at least okay we'll, oh. we'll we'll just say the season finale even though i would argue no matter what happens it's series finale but yes, the season finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, one world, one people. And man, uh, were you as super disappointed as I was in this episode? Oh, no. yeah, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm lying, I'm joking.
2: <laughs> I was. There were parts of it. I mean, there's actually some really great stuff that happens plot wise, but oh, there's parts that I'm very disappointed.
0: <laughs> there are disappointing moments. And part yeah. of it definitely comes from just the length of things, I think. Uh, and then part of it, and I, I really want to see if your disappointments line up with my disappointments, because some of it just does line up with that's what's happening. and <laughs> That's where they're going with this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll we'll have to see if they line up. But this is the episode where there's a big giant action set piece that lasts for like a half an hour. And it's all about rescuing those senators. And of course, Sam and Bucky, they want to rescue them senators, you know, because they want to help all people. And you also have bad guys who want to hurt senators and bad guys who want to hurt, especially Sam. You have Batroc who wants to hurt Sam. You have Carly who just really doesn't care about life. In in the grander sense, Um, or I guess maybe she's willing to sacrifice smaller lives To do a bigger job, but she, her, her, her priorities are way messed up in in that thing that I just said there.
2: Yeah. Um. So before we dive deep into this episode, can we backtrack to last week's episode? Just for a moment. Backtrack or backtrack? (laughs) Backtrack.
0: (laughs) Yeah, go for Um,
2: it. Because. I've been editing quite a few of the last few episodes, um, and when you're edit, you spend a lot of time with edit with the episode, probably more than than almost anyone else. Um, and I noticed during the editing process that in the discussion, I tr- tried to weave it in, and I totally dropped the ball. I did not write it down in my notes. Um, But right as we were beginning to record, something clicked in my head, and I forgot to mention it in the episode. So I want to talk about John Walker's committee meeting versus Isaiah Bradley's story about um, his trial and his imprisonment. Um, So John Walker, uh, as we saw, Lamar was killed in front of him. Uh, John lost his temper, and he killed the guy that killed Lamar. Um, while on a mission for the US government. And he was not court-martialed. They made it clear in the episode that the committee was not a court-martial. It was a committee to decide if he should be court-martialed. And instead, what he got was a less than honorable discharge, which means that He is not eligible for certain benefits, and he may not be eligible to return to the military. And that's, I mean, those certain terms are decided by this committee. But essentially, that's that's what he's given. It's not a dishonorable discharge. You can only get a dishonorable discharge with a court-martial. Isaiah Bradley, on the other hand, the reason why he was court-martialed, imprisoned, and experimented upon, and essentially erased... Um, and or not erased, but declared dead before he actually died. Because you know, at the end of the season, we see he's still alive. Um, but his wife is told that he was dead. So Isaiah, what he did was he heard that his superiors say, "Hey, we got to get rid of this evidence," meaning that they're going to exterminate Isaiah's captured buddies, battle buddies. And so he goes to rescue them, and he. Ends up being harshly punished for it, and then you, and I mean, it was it was a very valiant effort to save lives on his part. He was going out to save his friends.
0: Um, and we talked though, about the 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 correlation between him and Steve Rogers, right? And how they basically did the exact same thing, but with very different results after the after the thing was right,
2: done. right. But what the the episode last week was doing was setting up John's story versus Isaiah's story. And John walked away with a slap on the wrist. Isaiah was harshly punished. And I think that's what they were trying to get to in that episode. And I feel like we didn't exactly connect those two stories. So I wanted to mention it. And even Sam, he doesn't mention it directly, but he does say towards the end of this this episode, the finale... He says, I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? And he understands. I mean, of course he's a black man. He, I mean, he, he knows it's a heavy burden. He knows the risks, but he still decided to take up those stars and stripes. So I just want, in case we get any feedback saying, hey, you forgot to mention it. I just want to say on the show. Yeah, here it is. We, we recognize that. You know, sometimes the justice system does is not equal across the board.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I would also say that what I'm about to say doesn't actually make it better. It's actually going to make it worse. It was when you consider the reasons why they both did what they did. So Isaiah mm-hmm. is going out to rescue f- his friends after being told not to. Well, the reason why is because they're trying to cover it up. And it's just this whole big mess of a, of a tangle of an awful situation and and people doing evil things Mm -hmm. Uh, for John Walker. It was him being put out there by the government visibly. It's not a secret. Like they want him out there. Um, And he goes off script (laughs) and makes everyone look bad. But yeah, instead of any kind of punishment, it's, Hey, we're going to, try and get out of this so we can all still look about as good as we can look considering.
2: Well, I mean, I I wonder too. I mean, if John, if this was a clandestine uh, mission that John had been sent out on, would he have received the same punishment because he wouldn't have had the press coverage
0: or even if he had done just that part of it in private where there weren't people with cameras and there weren't witnesses and there weren't um, like immediate immediate uh broadcast of it
3: one of the things that this show is is tackling and talking about and has been since the very first episode is institutional racism whether or not you believe in that whether or not you agree with it whether or not you know your opinion on it Is not what the show is talking about The show has a very specific opinion And it is portraying it Um And that's apparent In this, in what, Samantha, you're bringing Up, is that, yeah John Walker and Isaiah Bradley and Steve Rogers All did something Right? And there were varying degrees Of, um Punishment and Or retribution for that thing Um in some cases, there wasn't any at all, and he was praised as a hero, and in some cases, it was very bad. So, the show has a very specific point of view, and it's interesting to see that and talk about it from our point of view. Um, you know, I'm reminded of uh, uh, Black Panther. You know, when we saw Black Panther and talked about it, we were not the target audience, but at the same time, we were because we're we're Marvel fans and we're we're movie fans and we like good f- films and, and we want to see the next MCU thing. So does this fall into that? I don't know. I think it does. This is it, why we're talking about
0: it. Yeah, I think it does. I think art has many different audiences. I think all art I and I would I don't I don't even think I would give any kind of caveat to this. All art, all of it has one audience, which is humanity. Now, when you have humanity as this huge audience, there's obviously going to be people who hate what they're looking at. For example, just kind of throwing it out there, you know, when my kids were three years old and they drew a picture of me. um, If you're taking that piece of art and putting it out there for humanity all humanity can look at that and get different things out of it. And some of them are just going to turn their back on it because it's a crayon drawing of someone they don't know by someone they don't know, they don't care. But you might also have someone who looks at that and says, you know, I don't know who did this, but um, I can see that this is a child who is showing affection for their parent and, you know, just that kind of thing. And then you have, you know, you, you micro in then on these different sets of audiences. And so even the people who made The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Part of the audience is us. Why? Because MCU superheroes, you know, the fandom and the, you know, the, the casual fans and the, the super hardcore fans. And then you have a section of the audience that this is meant for, which is white fans watching this thing where they are being able to experience and see things and think about things in ways that they haven't yet. And then you have the black fans who are going to watch this and say, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, first of all, I'm seeing Captain America and he looks like me, you know, that kind of thing. And, and then you might refer even further. And let's say you get to the director of episode three. I, I can't remember if the same person directed all the episodes, but let's just say that the director of episode three is, you know, that's the only episode they did. Her mom and dad. Are watching it you know (laughs) and the audience changes for all these different things but that's what art is meant to do the art is meant to connect with other people and it can connect with literally anyone and should connect with literally anyone and different people are going to respond in different ways and so what you're getting with this podcast is you're you're getting our responses and and um you're actually um this particular scene where um Sam was talking to Isaiah and Isaiah saying no self-respecting black man is going to put on that costume. Um, And then we we actually have some feedback about that and it's, it's, it's some kind of cool, kind of interesting feedback that we got. Um, And, and we'll play that when we get, when we get to the end of of this episode, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is what we can do. We can be who we are and talk about what we're getting. (laughs) And, and so in some ways we do make apologies for late episodes. Sometimes we make apologies for missing stuff. And in some ways we we don't make apologies because I mean we are who we are and we're trying our best to be the best us we can be, which is also, I think a part of the message of this show it is about trying to be better, be better. You can't be perfect, but we can be better, you know, and that's, that's life. Life is all about making steps to be better, be better. So, yeah. I just—that's
3: I, definitely a message of the show, and it, it, it's a you know bonk bonk on the head Timmy message of the show, <laughs> at the end <laughs> when he you know he literally says to um, uh, the senator, "You got to do better." So,
0: yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this episode now, because we like I said we have a half hour action sequence where we have all the different pieces coming into into play, we have. All the different uh, motivations coming into play. This is where my whole thing about, you know, there's one story in the world. Somebody wanted something. Something got in the way. That's what makes a good story. We have all of our people coming into play with all the different things that they want. And Batrock wants to kill Sam. Sam wants to save people. John Walker wants revenge. Carly wants to make a message that people are going to see and honestly doesn't even care if she comes out of this alive because it's the message. The message is the thing, you know, and, um, the senators want to live. (laughs) They don't want to die in a horrible fire or a helicopter crash or anything like that. Um, Bucky's along for the ride and wants to help Sam. And
3: I think Bucky just wants Sarah.
0: I, I. They did have another scene or two at the end in the montage. If not,
3: Bucky just wants to to make Sam uncomfortable about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that's more appropriate.
0: Yeah, you know, strong relationships have been built on weaker things than just uh, Sam, uh, Bucky, and and Sarah wanting to make Sam feel uncomfortable. <laughs>
3: like like um, a bus that's traveling at. Sixty-five miles an hour, or whatever it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that that relationship didn't last to the sequel.
2: Nope. As a matter of fact, they put a lampshade on that. That you know relate in that in that movie. Um, uh, that relationships that begin in extreme circumstances don't always last. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but don't take that guy's dog. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: So before we started recording, we were doing a lot of talk about Keanu. So apparently Keanu is still on the brain. But um, my, my comic wow. books that I bought today included uh, Keanu Reeves' second issue of his Berserker uh, series, but also included the fifth issue of the U.S. Agent series, which uh, clearly was was put out to capitalize on what's going on here with Disney+. Plus. And And actually, it's been a pretty decent series. I'll, I'll say that third comic was there's a new man thing series. So that was, that was my comic book purchases for this week. But anyway,
3: I mean, of course, uh, so go ahead and finish your recap, Ben. And then I, I do have questions about uh, U.S. agent and, and what type of character he is in the MCU.
0: So go ahead. Yeah. So it all comes to a head. We have a lot of – we have some we, – we, what you would call a Mexican standoff. You have guns pulled on people. You have people shooting people. You have surprise shootings of, of people. Um, let's see. Carly shoots Batrock, and Sharon uses that opportunity to shoot Carly because Sharon doesn't want anyone to know that she's actually the power broker, which we'll talk about. Sam gets to uh, save people and then speechify and the first time I watched this, that speech felt really long. And the second time I watched it, it felt really quick. It was really weird. Um, it was kind of the opposite of what you might think. But um, bottom line is Sam comes on the scene. He is Captain America. And he is a much better Captain America than John Walker ever was. And there's really no, no way around it. Um, the, the government representatives the senators who announced john walker as captain america they're on camera next to this guy right here who just did all this captain america stuff on camera and he he's he's it he's got the shield he has the new suit and the shield goes with the new suit snaps right on the back so that's cool he it's great accessorizing um but yeah carly ends up dead the Flag Smashers all end up dead, and that's kind of the plot. I mean, that's really, we're just getting to the end of, here's our problem, Flag Smashers. What are we going to do? Take care of it. Who's going to take care of it? Obviously, Sam and Bucky. The one surprising thing was, was U.S. Agent, I'm where he ended up with this. So when we end, U.S. Agent is going to get a phone call from Elaine and Or the Contessa. And <laughs> Power Broker gets a pardon. They uh, really appreciate her service. And now she's going to have access to, whereas she doesn't have access to the Power Serum that she might have had, she does now have access to lots and lots of cool tech. And we'll talk about what but that could mean.
2: Let's not make it confusing because the committee that pardoned Sharon Carter do not know that she's the power broker.
0: No, they don't. And she is now in a place where she can do criminally things that, um, she wasn't ever able to do before, but we need, we just need to talk about why that matters because it's kind of, I don't know what's driving that, that portion of this character arc.
2: All I know is that Aunt Peggy would be, be very, very disappointed. And if Uncle Steve is still around, he's not gonna be happy.
0: Don't call him Uncle Steve. They kissed. That makes it weird.
2: No, that's right. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is weird. Ugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean Gosh. Yeah.
3: You're right. Oh. <laughs> I, I have I have thoughts on the whole Sharon. Agent
0: 13. Carter. Uh, uh, let's thing. let's go there. Okay. So, so basically to just go
3: there right now.
0: Yeah. Let's just talk about the wrap up of all these character arcs that we have. And let's talk about Sharon Carter's character arc in the MCU. And in this series, in this series, she shows up, she helps them. It turns out now, because I complained about this while well, I was an idiot to complain about it because clearly they, they knew what they were doing, but what comes out, now is that she's the power broker it was it was sharon carter all along and she got them was information.
3: She and did she kill <laughs> senor skippy <laughs> uh,
0: she killed a little dog too but um yeah so what's happening here well we kind of got hints about it you know and of course we were wrong about who the power broker was all of us uh but we did then talk a little bit about well clearly you know, Sharon Carter must be or something because she had called in Batrock, you know. And so we did have that much going for us in the last episode. But she's not just doing whatever it takes to survive. She's not a scrappy survivor who's selling art, you know, on the black market. She's a murdering murderer who murders. She's the one that that they're all talking about how she's going to kill us if she catches us because we stole the serum from her. Which also, there's a weird connection there. She had this serum, the super soldier serum. I mean, the whole her relationship with Steve and her relationship with her aunt and, and the connection to the super soldier program that she had. When did she make this turn? You know, is this as simple as she's on the run and decided, okay, if I'm on the run and none of what I did matters to my government anymore, fine. I'll just do whatever I'm going to do. I mean,
3: So I'm going to take this to a place that I don't know um, if it's expected or not. So this might be fun. This might be boring. Whatever. Okay, so the scrolls can shapeshift, right? Is there other bad guys in the MCU that can shapeshift. And to sort of like companion that question are all scrolls.
0: Good guys in the MCU. As we know it now,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: you sent us a message saying, Hey, is she a scroll? And I feel like that's as good a theory as any about why she did this turn. I
3: mean, And and to be honest, all I do on this show is come up with theories. So that's great. (laughs) Um,
0: Okay. But that said, in the MCU past, we've only seen a few Skrulls. Right. That's my point, right? And we have a series coming up called Secret Invasion that is based on a comic book story about the Skrulls coming in to invade the world.
3: Is Secret Invasion actually like we don't we don't have a release date for it but it's in production right
0: as far as we have been told this secret invasion is something that is actually happening but no we don't have a date
3: oh that's right amelia clark just got uh announced being in that
0: so and and post credit we'll talk about some of the things that are coming up from the mcu but okay yeah, so we don't know what Secret Invasion is about, but we do know it probably involves scrolls
3: mm-hmm. and it
0: and it uh, stars Khaleesi, right? Or it stars Sarah Connor.
2: Yeah, or, or we just hope that she doesn't suddenly turn crazy in the end, and it makes no sense. So that's—I think—that's our, our our number one concern. So we don't know intentions
3: of scrolls. We don't know that all scrolls are good or bad. We don't know a lot about the scrolls. So what we do know is that in captain Marvel, they were really good because our team who we thought we liked Jude law was bad. Right. Um, that's what we know. We don't know anything else about them. Um, we don't even know, honestly, We don't even know if Sharon Carter was Sharon Carter all the way through the series. She could have been, like, halfway through the series and then, like, switched. And and now she's, you know, whatever. We don't know anything about her. Right. If she turns out to be a scroll.
0: then it could be at any point that that happened.
3: Right. We don't even know, like anything about her backstory they kept that really close to the vest so it's going to be interesting to see where she how that plays out
0: and see Um, that's the one thing i think they have going for them is what if she's been bad this whole time so she was working for shield she went to work for the cia they're saying she could go back to her former outfit which Is that CIA? Is that S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't know what they're going to do if they're going to try and bring back S.H.I.E.L.D. in the movie sense. I mean, obviously, in the TV show, S.H.I.E.L.D. is still active on the down low. But um, what if she was not on the side of the angels, quote unquote, when she's working with Captain America, guarding him? Was she also kind of building and nurturing underground bad guy contacts it's possible that would break my heart as much as
3: if we found out Steve Rogers did that
0: that would not and come close another, to breaking my heart that much <laughs> because I, I, I just don't care about her that much
3: Super sad
2: you, uh, you I, know it, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a scroll this could be a human with one of those electronic mask things
0: Which would be funny because it'd be an electronic mask over an electronic mask. Right. But Which
2: is not impossible.
0: Okay. I'm just going to say, I believe that what they've given us with her is that we now see who she is right now. I think that the person that we're seeing is her, and this is who she is right now. Right. That could mean Uh, she's a scroll, like you're saying, but it also could mean this is who she was all along, and it also could mean that she did do a turn during the blip or after she got back from the blip or whatever.
2: Or when she was on the run after getting, was it after she helped rescue Bucky?
3: Mm-hmm. Is that, the yeah, that the Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. That could be when she turned, is after that point she got into a bind and She had to make a deal
0: and she turned. That's kind of how they present her. That's kind of how they present her here in this episode or in, in the last two episodes where she did this because she, if she goes home, she'll get arrested. You know, she needs that pardon. Now she not only has that pardon, she also has access to bad stuff. So you're talking about secret invasion. And could she be a Skrull? I'm talking about Armor Wars, which is another series that's coming based on a classic comic book run where I think they're setting her up to be a tech runner in the Armor Wars.
3: What's great about this character and this um, iteration of this character is in Winter Soldier and then in Civil War. And was she in either Infinity War or Endgame? No, only that one picture way off in the back of that one frame. Was she in Infinity War? Was she in Ultron? I don't do not remember. So. I don't think she was. So the two times we've seen her. She's been on the side of angels, right? She gave Steve, she was protecting Steve in Winter Soldier. She was working with Steve in Civil War. She um, gave Steve his marching orders at Peggy's funeral, right? She's always been a really good guy. And so now we're seeing her sort of get twisted. Has she always, and, and it's asking those It's making us ask those questions. That's really good storytelling, right? But that's what comic books have done for 50 years.
0: Yeah. Now, you could say it's really good storytelling because it's unexpected and it causes you to think and wonder. Like You could also look at this and say this is really bad storytelling because the character that they gave us and the character that they developed, this is not the same character. And I know that there are people... I haven't, I haven't read too many think pieces about this, but I do know there are people out there who are looking at this and saying, this turn doesn't make sense. And it's just, it, it's it's shock value is there, but that's about the only thing that it really accomplishes is shock value. And I'm close to that, but not quite. Like, I, I don't know. I, I can go either way. I definitely feel like this is, Especially if they say, hey, she's been up to no good for a long time, then the, there's something to that. Again, this is a retcon, though. This is the textbook definition of retcon, because when they created this character in Captain America, uh, Winter, Soldier, Winter Soldier, when they created her there, I think that what you see is what you get. That's what they intended you to take from that character. And then the big twist here, I think, is them sitting in the writer's room and saying, what if, which is, again, good writing, you know, but the retcon, that's where people, I think, tend to get a little more up in arms about big twists like this, where it's like, wait, she was bad all along. Or she, you know, this whole series, she's been bad. You know, when did she turn bad? It can go either way. It can go either way.
2: Okay. So. Um, Agent Carter's or Sharon Carter's appearances previous to Falcon and Winter Soldier in the MCU, she was in Captain America the Winter Soldier, and then we last saw her in Captain America Civil War, and that was it. Prior to these
0: three appearances,
2: right? And and Stuart, you're talking about the scrolls are they good? Are they bad? Well, I let me throw a question at you humans. Are they good? <laughs> or are they bad?
3: You stop it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's the point, right? Not yeah. ev- you can't. That's the point of this whole show. You can't paint everybody with the same brush.
0: You know, uh, well, you can, but it causes problems for you and the people you're painting. You should
3: not paint everybody with the same. Brush. Yeah. And you should meet people halfway.
0: So, to your scroll question, don't know to the sharing question, we don't know wheres she gonna go with this? No. We don't know,, uh, but they're definitely setting up something that they have plans for,
3: yes, and she's a fantastic actress, and I love you know, she's gorgeous, of course, but she's she does that character very well, and it'll be great to see her moving forward. and in I never MC.
0: liked her that well, much. you know why i I just. You this is where you guys are wrong when you say that <laughs> I'm not romantic, you know? Like to me, it was always that whole subplot was a problem for me because Steve was meant to be with Peggy. Yeah, and but did
2: he yeah, but actually date Sharon?
0: They kissed. I'm just saying they that kissed. they were they were setting what? it up with the two attractive people on the screen together, which means they must be in love or whatever it might be you know but when
3: did they kiss i don't even remember that i think it was a civil war wasn't it
0: it was one of those like well last minute things i don't remember when i'll just again
2: i think it was civil war
0: i'm just saying when they were trying to i feel like they were trying to build those romantic sparks in the winter soldier no no don't it's Peggy. It's Peggy. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, and, and, but that's but that's what drove Steve to go back in time and set this whole thing off. Is like he's like, yeah, I know it's Peggy, Ben. Ben, I've heard you is what Steve is saying, and yes, you are correct. It is Peggy, and I'm going to move heaven and earth, time itself, to go be with Peggy. I so, just
0: validated you. Better. thank you i appreciate that you met me halfway is what you did and i I did yeah hey so let's talk about someone else then um anyone else pick a card any card uh we could go with zemo maybe that should be a quicker conversation
3: he's still in prison and he's right
0: and he's still (laughs) he's still in charge you know his his butler went out killed the remaining flag smashers done so is Butler did
3: okay. I was gonna ask about
0: that. Who was that guy? The, oh, literally, literally, Stuart. The butler did it. The <laughs> butler did it.
3: Oh, I totally, I've seen that joke/slash meme thing around. I was like, huh, that's the thing I'm gonna have to investigate sooner or later. And now oh. it's it's now sooner and later. So, didn't
0: realize it was a meme. I may not have I, said it so proudly if I had known, but.
3: Well, it may not have been a meme. It it may have been some post on Facebook. The
0: point being, yes, it was his butler who did it. And and he's in in the raft. And he has been placed there by the Dora Minaj. And I have a feeling that we're going to see more of him. Well, yeah. I mean, people
3: love him. The audience loved him. And he's still reading Machiavelli and he's not dead yet. So.
2: Yeah. Besides there are more discos in Europe that he needs to visit on screen. Yes.
0: All right. So that's him. And he takes the moral high ground as he's thinking about Carly, but then he is basically just being Carly Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and, and being the person who takes lives and decides what's right and wrong. If he does understand his hypocrisy, he doesn't care because it's getting the job done.
3: Okay. What about Batrock?
0: <laughs> so here's the question is, is he dead?
3: That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. And I think he's not. I have a feeling he,
0: he is not. Yeah.
3: <laughs> because he has died one too many times.
0: Yeah. I, I just think he's going to be. Th- Potentially a running gag. I, I hope he is a running gag or a leaping gag. But he.
3: Oh.
0: Yeah, I, I think he is not dead. I think that he's going to come back gunning for Sam.
3: But yeah. but in such a small dose, like what was great about him in uh in Winter Soldiers that they started out, you know, Winter Soldiers. We saw him once and that was it. And then we didn't see him again. It's like, OK, cool. We, you know, We got Batroc. They MCU'd him. And then we didn't see him again until was the first episode of this. It's yep. like, oh, that's cool. Yep. He, OK, well, then they're bringing him back. And then he died, quote unquote. And then now he's back again. And he's going to die and be done and come back some point.
0: Now, here's the problem. I mean, he is a problem for Sharon. He knows who she is. Yes. And that's an issue. That's a problem. I mean, that's really, I think, why Sharon shot Carly was. I, I have to keep you quiet. And, and this is when in that moment, when Sharon shoots Carly, that's when you kind of see her. Okay. She's on this road where she, I don't see much redemption for her. I don't see a very easy road to redemption for her, nor do I want to. With John Walker, with what he did, it was rage, heat of the moment, augmented by the power serum and his own weaknesses and whatever. Um, Should he have done it? No way. He should not have. What he did was stupid and wrong. Um, What she did was stupid and wrong. But hers was cold and calculating and intentional. And I just. I judge her differently than I judge him. They both deserve judgment.
3: We're just fine with John Walker now, I guess. No,
0: we are not. We can't be. (laughs) We can't be fine with John Walker, but I do judge them differently from each other. And. Yeah, we got we'll talk about John Walker, but for now, Batrock, He crawled away. (laughs) And and now he has to watch his back that um, Sharon Carter doesn't come after him.
3: I really hope that that he does become this like not necessarily a recurring gag, but it's a thing that, you know, he'll show up in the unexpected place. He'll he'll be a foil. I mean, because he was kind of a big deal in the comics, right?
0: I don't know if I go that far. I mean, for years, (laughs) For years I thought he was just a joke, uh like literally just a punchline. Um he was in an ad for a humor magazine that Marvel was doing, and that's the only way I'd ever seen him was in this ad for this humor magazine where they just make him look like this kind of idiot. Um and and that's all I remember about it. And then later on I find out, oh no, he is an actual villain that like Captain America fights for reals in a real comic book. and not just you know the the marvel version of mad magazine what yeah
3: i do appreciate how you said real comic
0: book (laughs) (laughs) yeah so real legit character sure a big deal uh i wouldn't go that far well okay so uh, it's
3: it'll be interesting to see what they do with them um, I'm. I personally am still holding out hope for Zombie Sit. Well, I will never see him, but I do have a feeling we'll see uh, a backtrack.
0: The question is, you know, how many how many times can they do this before it turns into uh, a South Park Kenny situation? You know, where he just almost. I mean, he's not dead. If he shows up, it's, he didn't die. If he shows up, is what I'm saying. Um, whereas Kenny gets killed in every episode, but. I, I, I think that there's there's still some potential for some fun with this character uh, as the recurring villain that just shows up and constant thorn in the side kind of thing.
3: Right, but a nuisance, not like an actual villain.
0: <laughs> yeah, a deadly nuisance, but a nuisance for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, should we talk about Carly then? Yeah.
2: Yeah, she needed to go to the raft and she needed needed therapy. And that's not what happened.
0: No, I mean, she made her bed, you know, and and she this was I think this was the the path that she was on. She was ready to die. But was she, you know, or was this I mean, she was making poor decisions this whole time. Especially after the serum. And and she, you know, the value on life that she had. Like anyone, she placed more value on some people's lives than she did on other people's lives. And that's the whole point of of the Black Lives Matter thing is, you know, and, and the phrase I'm about to say is too long for any kind of hashtag or slogan. But I would say all lives don't matter until black lives matter, you know, and like that's that's really what is trying to be said is, you know, black lives matter because all lives matter. And we need to the messaging isn't one life matters more than another. The messaging is you don't value these other lives, you know, and and that's what she's doing, though, is you have uh, John Walker. Um, just throw that at her (laughs) and it's interesting, but she, you know, she says, I didn't, I don't want to kill anyone who doesn't matter. And, and John says, so you're saying Lamar, Lamar's life didn't matter. And it was true. That was the mindset she had put herself in. And I feel like this was the only way that she could go was, was this,
3: yeah, I mean, I feel like she. Uh, we get characters in popular fiction who have a death wish, right? And and I feel like she was on a path
0: to a death wish. She I mean, she said it multiple times.
3: I don't care if I die, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: This is bigger than me. If I die, this goes on. This is bigger than me. I don't matter, you know, and. So do you think the butler killing the Flag Smashers made a martyr
3: out of those other Flag Smashers?
0: No, I think that any, I mean, maybe with some fringe people here and there, but I really do think that anyone who would look at this and I, I, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Especially when you have Sam come out and do and say what he did and said.
3: That's true. Maybe not. If Sam wasn't there at the end to do and, and to do what he did, they might have been. But Sam came out and said what they wanted to say in a way that was accessible by people
0: again. And he did,
3: met them halfway. Well,
0: right? and it didn't involve murdering people. That's a good point. You know, I mean, if that's, you can get
3: your point across without murdering. I, I that's good points.
0: So here's the thing with, with her, though. I think that she could have gone on a path to redemption. I really do think that character-wise, storytelling-wise, they could have taken her down that path, especially when she was fighting Sam. So when she's especially fighting when Sam – Especially when she
3: was talking to Sam.
0: Well, I mean she is fighting him and he's not fighting back. And his mm-hmm. actions are the actions that would have pulled her back on the the right road, on the right path. Yes. I mean – he was doing the things and saying the things that she needed to see and that she needed to hear. Unfortunately, she also knew information that she could not give, which is Sharon's the power broker. (laughs) And yeah. So it'll
3: be interesting to see again, to see how that affects Sharon.
0: We saw how it affected her. She's, really excited about her new job opportunities (laughs) and investment opportunities with her pyramid scheme of laundering (laughs) money with uh
3: so art so it's is she gonna like call three friends and be like hey if you call three friends and get them to sign up
0: oh no no, no. now she's like she's doing the letters man she's sending letters to 10 friends
2: Oh, oh goodness! Telling them to
0: pass on the letter to ten more friends. I mean, this is this is serious stuff, man. She's not doing no call for <laughs> friends. Come on, come on, man. This is Sharon Carter we're talking so,
3: about. Are you saying she might be the power
0: pyramid broker? <laughs> the pyramid broker. <laughs> yeah.
3: uh, okay. After Carly, I mean, I feel bad for Carly. I really wish we could see more of her. A, I think that actress is phenomenal and I loved her in Solo and I kind of, uh, I may go on a hunt to see what else she's been in because I think she's great, you know, um, but it'll be interesting to see what the ramifications are of the Flag Smashers, you know. Yeah, they were kind of this fringe group, but they got people talking, right? They did. and And, de- and definitely Sam sort of, carried on that conversation so it's going to be interesting to see what the world looks like post blip because of groups like the flag smashers and this this idea that you know uh, one world without borders like i said in the very beginning of this of this series one world without borders is a nice thought what does that actually mean i don't know but it's a nice thought
0: yeah. Yeah, here here's the thing. Everything that happened in this episode actually kind of fit into their agenda. You know, them even them dying, I'm sure most of them didn't actually want to, but they got their message out. They then ended up accidentally setting a stage for Sam that allowed him to get the message out in a much better way and, and a much better message and more refined and, and thoughtful and wise. But, um, they, in, in all honesty, you could look at that from their point of view. Did the flag smashers being killed off by Zemo make them martyrs? No, I don't think so, but they were definitely martyrs to their cause for their cause. Um, Zemo didn't have anything to do with that. Just the whole situation worked out the way that I think that Carly was kind of hoping for it to play out. Best case scenario, the world sees their message and it's seen on the world stage. And it was. And so and the vote, oh, sure, go ahead. The, the vote wasn't going to work out either. So the vote for the what was it? the patch that they were talking about or whatever. <laughs> That wasn't going to happen. So they, yeah, they won.
2: So Stuart, I have some good news for you about uh, Aaron Kellyman, who who plays Carly. You want to see her in more stuff? I, I see one thing here. You may be interested in in the future. She's um,
3: in old episodes of Supernatural.
2: Nope. She did you have you heard about the new Willow series with, with Warwick oh, Davis? She's be cool. going to That's be in on that
3: Disney Plus, right? Yes, God, and, it's so good that we uh signed up for that, <laughs>
2: yeah. and that is going to be released in 2022.
0: That well, is also going to be the new podcast that we're going to do. Welcome to Willow. I don't remember the world that Willow lived in. <laughs> And we're not doing that. There's too much work that goes into the podcast we already are doing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, but that's cool. She's she's a great actress, and it's nice to see interesting people get work, you know? It, it, if you compare her, that actress, to Emily Van Camp, um, who played Sharon Carter, and I apologize. I'm not trying not to remember her name. I just don't. Um it, they're very different, you know. Emily Van Camp is stereotypically beautiful, right? And uh, what, what was her name? Samantha. Erin uh,
2: Aaron Kellyman.
3: Erin Aaron Kellyman is is still gorgeous, but not stereotypically right. So it, it's interesting to see that that both of those types of people can can interact and be on the same um, in the same TV show now. Can they survive each other? Apparently not.
0: That's true. Yeah. Because one's walking around making cell phone calls and the other one and uh, her the other cell one phone Google service Google is was. disconnected.
3: Oh. Mm.
0: Which is uh, a euphemism for being dead.
3: If you ask my teenager. <laughs> uh, no, that'd be a metaphor
0: for being dead.
3: Right? Yeah. Do you want to talk about John Walker next?
0: Sure. Let's talk about John Walker next, because this one is a little more like I i don't know what to think. I don't know what they want us to think.
3: I don't know what they want us to think either. I'm pretty good at like I, I feel like I'm pretty good at like def, uh, deciphering what the intention of the filmmakers of the artist is especially in the realm of film and television and what they're wanting me to feel like. I don't know if it was just lazy writing or if at the end of the day, they're like, yeah, we're okay with John Walker now because that was the feeling.
0: (laughs) It almost was because in this episode, then last episode, there was a huge action sequence where they were fighting each other and trying to not quite kill each other, but they were coming close. And when I say they, I mean Sam, Bucky, and John. And in this episode, John and Bucky are trading action movie one-liners and being jokey-jokey.
2: And saving people together.
0: See, I'm okay with them saving people together. I'm okay with a little bit of the the action movie one-liners, but this feels just like he was accepted by Bucky very, very quickly. And it maybe shouldn't have at all, but yeah. Uh, that said, I, I, I did I, love his line where he comes out and says, uh, what is it? Mercy is more. Im-
2: is stronger. that where he quotes Lincoln?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Bucky's like, really? You're quoting Lincoln? And, and John's like, yes, I thought it sounded good. And Bucky says, not when you say it. Um. I guess you could take that as he's actually like totally dissing on him, you know, to his face without him knowing it. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can also, it's definitely played in the way that at the beginning of the series, the way that Sam and Bucky were trading little barbs and yeah. Are we just okay with him? We can't be, we shouldn't be. I mean, I I want to be, and I like the idea of a, a conflicted character who has to deal with, you know, these issues and and work out how do I get through life without just trying to punch my way out of things the way he he they say that he was um but then his final scene with Elaine when the Contessa comes and I was like where is he where is he and he comes out in his new suit and she's like I'm gonna need a call when things get weird which that's nice that's good. She leaves and then we have this joyful moment with him and his wife. I'm back. I'm back.
3: Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that because the first time we see him, I almost I didn't really. But like I felt like I was going to punch the TV. No, 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 no. You don't get to hold that shield. Fine, you're U.S. agent. I don't care, but you don't get to hold that shield, right? (sighs) So that makes me wonder, how was a U.S. agent portrayed in the comics? Is he portrayed as this, like, rogue type of character, or is he portrayed like Captain Frickin' America?
0: No, he's not portrayed like Captain America. And part of his whole character arc is him, like... I'm not Captain America. How how do I do this? You know, and um, living under Captain America's shadow. And then when he gives the shield and the costume back, you know, he actually goes in front of senators and says, hey, I'm not going to be Captain America. This guy needs to be Captain America. And then they instate him as U.S. agent. And he has a shield. But, you know, the joke is it's not as good as Steve's he has that costume looks very close to the costume he has here and he's not captain America, but he is a government agent and he does try and do things good. He does try to help people. He does, you know, he's, he has to work against prejudices that he has and he has to work against um, preconceived ideas that he has about people and thing and things. Um, But at the end of the day, what US agent is, is a flawed person who is trying to be better and who is working hard to be better and sometimes succeeding and sometimes not. And he works for me as a character. It works. I just feel like they don't earn that with this John Walker here. Like from last episode to this episode, I don't feel like we've earned the turn that we get. Just like with Sharon Carter, I don't feel like we've earned the turn that she had. Um, Yeah, Yeah,
2: there's a whole theme that's going through this entire episode, and that's they didn't earn all these turns. Or these turns just seem to come out of nowhere. So. I agree. I mean, I mean, it was nice to see that, hey, he didn't completely go off the deep end. He did make some mistakes. But at the same time, I feel like you know, it's it's the same issue. I, I joked about Game of Thrones earlier uh, with uh, Khaleesi suddenly going crazy at the end. But that's because they didn't earn it in in the show. Um, my husband and I, actually, funny enough, we were talking about that, that turn earlier today. That if they had spread that storyline, s- seen her in the previous season slowly turning crazy... And then built upon that, yeah, that would have been earned at the series finale, but they didn't do that. And I I feel like that is the, that's the same mistakes that they're making in this series, in this finale, is that there's a lot of turns that just seem uncharacteristic for part the of, characters that we've seen so far.
0: Part of it, I think, is trying to cram so much into such a short time. Um, right. You know, and... And there's kind of all these kind of different agendas going on. And one is the plot agenda where we have the big turn and the big reveal. And and one is the theme agenda where, you know, a black man in the stars and stripes, you know, like we we and they picked and they chose which ones to spotlight. And I feel like they picked and chose the right ones to spotlight and put front and center. It's these other ones that were kind of back and, and not quite getting the spotlight, like Sharon Carter, that kind of suffered. And yeah, John Walker, though, I feel like, I feel like it was, it wasn't necessarily all of the focus was on that storyline, but I do feel like his storyline got closer to what we needed to be able to accept it. I just, again, I don't feel like I know where they wanted us to what they wanted us to feel. And so to that end, I'm hoping there's more with him so that we do get taken further on this, this journey with him, you know, because what people are talking about is, is Contessa going to be the dark Nick Fury? And is she pulling together uh, what's called Thunderbolts? And in the comics, the Thunderbolts are a group of characters that I really only read – I read the first issue because I heard there's a huge turn and a big reveal in the first issue. And then I read a few issues later where the Great Lakes Avengers showed up, and they wanted to be a part of the Thunderbolts, and then they called themselves the Lightning Rods because at that point, then the Great Lakes Avengers were kind of just trying to um, latch on to any any name – that was going to give them a little bit more um, visibility in the world. And so yeah, I the f- would
3: love to see the Great Lakes Avengers in the MCU. I'd love it.
0: <laughs> we almost did because a handful of characters from the Great Lakes Avengers would have been in the Squirrel Girl series that they were talking about doing that they never did. But we came close. Mm. We came close. But anyway, um Thunderbolts are a group of bad guys Pretending to be superheroes led by Baron Zemo. So that's, oh, that's why I think people are looking at Baron Zemo and wondering, okay, are we going to get a Thunderbolts kind of a team? Not necessarily a group of bad guys pretending to be good guys, you know, cause it was literally, they created new identities for themselves and, Put on different costumes and and we're literally going out and saying, hey, we're new superheroes, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But uh, could we be getting something where the Contessa is building a team to set loose when more gray area kind of stuff is showing up that needs superhero
3: punching? Whatever whatever the Contessa is Whatever they've got planned for her I guarantee you they have a plan Because you don't hire Julia Louis-Dreyfus Right off of Veep You know, where she's won a, a bunch of awards for For two episodes in a Disney Plus series I mean, you hire her Because she's going to now be in the MCU <laughs> and have a big role in the MCU. Maybe not a huge role, maybe not a Nick Fury and Iron Man role, but definitely important.
2: That's true. I mean, come on. We've had Robert the legendary Robert Redford in the MCU. And he played a huge role. Yeah, you just don't hire a like an actor like that for just a like a well, I don't know. Are there yeah, any yeah. fun I mean, little it, one-offs in the MCU? I'm sure there are. Have to be somewhere.
0: I I think that we're we're definitely going to see her. I wonder if like when we get into Secret Invasion is that when the you know the thunderbolts or whatever they're going to be called that group of dark avengers. No, that's a real thing. Not dark avengers. <laughs> but that group of fake avengers, you know. U.S. Mm -hmm. agent, um, Abomination, um, you know, different some different characters that we already have set up in the MCU. who get set loose as Avengers 2.0 or something.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what what the future holds for the MCU because we're always going to be comparing it to phases one through three, right? We're always going to be comparing it to the infinity saga until we're not. And then that's because something better came along.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of setting up a team like the Thunderbolts, there's also talk about setting up a team like young Avengers. So we have already had um, Wiccan and Speed. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. They were fake in WandaVision, but they were from Young Avengers. You know who else is from Young Avengers? Elijah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley's grandson. Oh, yeah. Now, in the Young Avengers, he is a red, white, and blue uh, patriotic superhero who carries a shield. (laughs) Right? And he, um, is totally like, uh, the young Avengers when they showed up, it was kind of a mystery of who all of these characters were. And they show up and they are a lot like, uh, the Avengers team. And so you have Hulkling and you have all these different characters who you aren't sure who they are, but they kind of are absolutely referencing these other actual Avengers. So yeah.
3: I think Wiccan showed up in Runaways at one point I, I thought I, I remember reading
0: that yeah I, I know that like they were they were, the Young Avengers were involved in Civil War in fact that might have even been when they showed up um but anyway another uh, member of the Young Avengers is Kate Bishop Hawkeye Ah ha 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 so, and Kate Bishop is, is... also, uh, yeah, she's
3: going to be in the new Hawkeye show. Yeah. The, the kid in who, who was helping him, uh, helping Falcon with his suit and stuff. And, and he was like, Joaquin. Ten- is that his name?
0: Yeah. Joaquin Torres.
3: Is that right? Torres. Yes. Isn't he also a young Avenger?
0: No, but he does. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say no fairly confidently. I don't think he was. Uh, what I do know is that he was was Falcon for a while. Yeah, okay. So I could also, I, I don't know if Ms. Marvel has actually ever been a member of the Young Avengers, but I could also see Ms. Marvel showing up as, as a Young Avenger. And yeah, there's plenty of opportunities that they are using now to set up characters that, you know, could Isaiah Bradley uh, now I can't remember if they named him Isaiah in, in the show here, but
2: you mean Elijah? Elijah, Bradley? sorry,
0: yeah Elijah. Yeah. Um, could he be, you know the, the I can't remember what his name is in the, in the Young Avengers if he was like something like the Patriot or something like that. Don't okay. know.
2: Another possibility is Scott pa- Lang's daughter because she's much older now. Thanks mm-hmm. to the snap. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there is comic book precedence for her where Cassie became a, a superhero or got powers or something.
3: Didn't we have the Patriot and Agents of Shield
0: though? Kind yes, of. But that does that does that matter? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a long that's a long story. Yeah. So uh, I,
0: I looked it up here and they yeah, his his name is Isaiah. Or Elijah, rather, in in the show here, in the series here. So, yeah. They're definitely setting up something. Who are, who have we missed? Who else do we need to talk about?
2: Bucky and Sam.
0: Okay, yeah, those are pretty big. Yep. They're the title characters. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. Kind of what we
3: saved him
0: for last. Yeah, let's start with Bucky. Yeah. Let's start with Bucky. Uh, his character arc ends here doing the thing that... I remember one of, if not both of you thinking he should never do, which is to tell the father that he killed the son. Y-
2: Yuri was his name. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't think he did Yuri any favors again. Bucky might've felt a little bit better about himself, but Yuri that, that only gave him more grief. And I'm I think glad it that also, also
0: gave him closure though. Like that's, that's the yeah. thing that um, I'm not sure had- what's more important, ha- having never been in a situation like that.
2: that. That's a really tough call at the same time. I mean, true. But it's just, I just don't think he did your, he just did not do this this old man any favors by telling him, hey, I killed your son. I th- I am grateful that they put in that Bucky said that he had no choice. And I'm hoping he, that Yuri gave him the opportunity opportunity to say, "I was in part of this group. I was forced into it. I was um, brainwashed. And if I personally had any choice, in it, of course I would not have killed your son. Your son did nothing wrong. So I mean, I'm, but you know, not nearly as as you know, perky and lively as I just said it. <laughs> but I just hope that he was able to get all of that out. Um, I also really like that they added that little. Uh, Insert scene where Bucky goes to the restaurant later and sees Yori with the waitress and seeing that they're they're still going on with their lives, too. But, yeah, I just don't think he did Yori any favors by telling him, really.
0: I feel like. I feel like we needed to see more with the therapist saying, hey, Bucky it's good that you feel bad about the things that happened because they were bad things that happened. Right. But it wasn't you. (laughs) You didn't do those bad things. You were literally, your body was a robot at that point. Your body was under someone else's control. It wasn't you. I think you got that sentiment with
3: Sam and his conversation while they're tossing the shield around. I think that's when you got that. Right. Yeah. And that's what pushed, and that's what pushed Bucky to, to, uh, to make that closure. And I don't know that the closure, yeah, Sam said, it's not about you. It's about helping somebody else. But in the end, it was really about giving Bucky that ability to feel something. So, he had to reach down and go, I, f- the one person he couldn't talk to was Yuri about his son because he realized Yuri's son wasn't bad. are like, you know, he didn't, it, this person didn't rise to power. Right. So, um, he, he wasn't a Stark or anything like that. He was a good kid in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so that means that that Bucky has to feel guilt about that. And in order to get through to his um, uh, 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 amends, not avenge, he has to feel guilty about it. And he has to feel something. And in order to do that, he has to help this guy and tell this guy. So, yeah, it's about Yuri, but it's not about Yuri. It's about Bucky's growth through that. And it's Bucky kind of,
2: forgiving himself for
3: it. And Bucky forgiving himself for it. Or at least accepting it. That's part of him. You know, like like when Bruce Banner in The Avengers, the first one, that's my secret. I'm always angry. Yeah. Yeah. Your secret, you're part of, that's part of you. Um, and Actually, I
2: think a, a closer comparison is is the Professor Hulk that we saw in Endgame.
3: I was just going to mention that yeah. the, the arc from that's my secret. I'm always angry all the way through Endgame, where they've come together and are uh, prof- and is professor Hulk. And so it, that's a huge story arc. And I think we're kind of in the middle of that story arc for, for the winter soldier for Bucky. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up as well. Because certainly they're not going to get rid of Sebastian Stan. I mean, they've got that guy locked in for life.
2: <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say locked in for life, but they're paying him well enough to stay.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the interesting thing is, I I did hear one of the showrunners, or I should say, read one of the showrunners, said something like, "He is no longer the Winter Soldier. He is is finally not Winter Soldier anymore." So then again, we're looking at the the title that shows up at the end, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, which I was talking to the owner of a local comic shop today and he was saying, yeah, this could be a little confusing if the next series is Captain America and the Winter Soldier when we already have a movie that's Captain America colon the Winter Soldier. And, and so I, I do wonder, are we going to get something that's more like Captain America and Bucky or or something else where, uh, and maybe they just go with Captain America, you know, for the next season. Um, but to me, that means this was season and series finale because we're starting another title with the next one. Like Degrassi and Degrassi, the next generation.
3: And with and- the Bell, the new class. Right.
2: And Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah,
0: that wasn't that wasn't Star Trek season four. That was Star Trek: Next Generation season one. It's It's a quibble, and it's a little bit silly, but yeah.
3: Again, it's going to be interesting because it's a new era of television, right? We've never—I mean, not never—but the idea of miniseries.
0: Didn't they have like North and South? Yeah, no, the television miniseries has been around for a long, long time. So even even um, uh, Salem's Lot, I think, was a television miniseries event and Roots was a television miniseries event. And the miniseries event was a big deal on network television for a long, long time. And you had some very significant prestige style.
3: The stand it. I, they yeah. were all Stephen King novels.
0: <laughs> yeah, the television miniseries basically was invented to allow a Stephen King adaptation for the screen, um, right? <laughs> to to really just be terrible is, is really what it. Comes Stephen down to.
3: King actually invented the television mini. That's not true. Um,
0: <laughs> so here's what's interesting, though. You actually bring up Stephen King. Do you remember when they were planning the Dark Tower? And we heard about how Ron Howard was going to direct the dark tower movies and each movie was going to be this big giant thing. And in between the movies, there was going to be a season or two on HBO that was going to link those two movies and, and allow them to tell these smaller stories that are in this giant epic book series. It was going to be a big deal And it never happened that way. And instead, we got the Dark Tower movie that we got, which was not good. Not great. Not great. Okay. Point being, this is what we have here. Yeah. This miniseries links two movies together. Now, do we need that link in order to enjoy the two movies? No. No. You see Endgame, you see Steve Rogers give Sam the shield, and if you come to Captain America 4, which was just announced, and now you see Sam with the shield and he's calling himself Captain America, you're not going to miss a beat because you knew that was going to happen when you saw Endgame. But we have the link here, which, man, the Dark Tower series could have been something outrageously phenomenal, but I don't think it would have made the money they thought it was going to possibly bring in because i don't think it was the franchise that could support that kind of thing what's the franchise that could support that kind of thing emcu that's the franchise uh, star trek could too i think star trek could potentially support that kind of thing if they did it well and if they did it right star wars definitely can um if if they wanted to try and do something like that like with this new old republic thing that um that they're doing you know they, they could potentially do something like that i mean clone wars is basically that right clone wars the tv show is linking um attack of the clones with revenge of the sith
3: and they're still making them they're still making more clone wars i mean yeah it's bad batch but it's still clone wars
0: but the the point is a uh, certain franchises can definitely do that kind of thing. And the bigger you want it to be, the bigger your franchise has to be. Now, if you don't want it to be huge, if you can afford to do an indie movie and a low budget TV show and another indie movie, great. You know, that's wonderful. But the, the point is they did it here. They did it here. That dark tower, um, format that when I heard about it, I thought this could be really cool. Can't wait. I read four of these books. I never finished it. I have all of them, but I never actually finished reading the entire dark tower series, but um, that could be great. That could be really interesting, but they did it here and, and it worked. It,
3: but don't they also do that in comic books? You know, it, so civil war, right? The civil war run was like 10 issues or eight issues or something like that. But then there were, like, 125 tie-ins or
0: something. <laughs> something outrageous, yeah.
3: Yeah, it was like every character had its own tie-in to Civil War, which makes a lot of sense. If you're going to completely have a a, a universe-spanning event, you need to see that event from every single point of view.
0: I um, would argue... That you don't necessarily need that because it got so bloated.
3: Oh, magazines! You do, yeah. But again, thinking about this as the way it should have, you know, been initially, right? This was supposed to lead us into Black Widow, wasn't it? Or was it Black Widow first?
0: I believe Black Widow was going to be first, and interestingly, because of that. Um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was apparently cast in Black Widow and we'll see if she still shows up but we were supposed to see her in Black Widow first and then when she showed up in this it would have been a much different kind of a, a thing. Reveal. Yeah.
3: Hmm. Also weren't we
0: supposed to find out who Jimmy Woo's? Someone said that uh, and we didn't. So well <laughs> jim
3: jimmy Woo's missing person is where my
0: brain froze yeah um his well, uh, I guess
3: that didn't happen <laughs> don't believe everything
0: you read on the internet guys no but let me tell you something you can believe in and that is sam's speech at the end yes you can i loved sam's speech it was well written well acted it fit well and it was earned you know, and this is Sam kind of getting over his own hang up about what should I have done with the shield? Well, I'm going to take it up. I'm going to do it. And that speech was rousing. That speech was emotional. That speech was long. <laughs> if this had been a two and a half hour movie, the speech would have been shorter. Okay. Um but like I said, the second time I watched it, I think yeah. I think because I knew what was coming. When I didn't know what was happening, like when I didn't know specifically what was going on with the speech, and what was going to happen with the speech, it felt like it just kept going and going and going. But the second time when you did know what was going on and when you did understand what he was going to say, and I think for me – Um, just knowing the words that were coming, it did not feel as long because I was able to, um, I, I wasn't taking it all in for the first time, you know, I, and and it just, yeah, it was even more touching, but can I tell you what the most touching thing for me in this whole series was when Falcon came down like an angel carrying the limp body of Carly that 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 image now there's an image very similar to that that that's been used a few times in marvel comics where it's angel uh from the x-men um you know coming down like an angel you know and whether or not he's in some he's wearing like a hospital gown so he actually looks like he's wearing you know like the church uh church christmas pageant um angel costume but um that image of him floating down gently uh, setting her body down gently and just treating her with such respect, even though she caused so much problems. uh, Yeah. It just, that stuck with me and will stick with me. And then the words he was saying, you know, we stopped calling them terrorists and, you know, we're all, we all have this common struggle now and, you feel uncomfortable. Well, that's a good thing because now you know how we have been feeling. And, you know, I'm standing here right now and there's a million people who hate me just because I'm wearing this 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 outfit. Great moment. One of, I, I, again, putting them all in order, it'd be very difficult. But one of the best moments of the MCU, I think. Mm-hmm. Certainly one of the best visuals of the MCU as well.
3: One of the things I like about, I, I, re- I really liked about this show. Um, is in fact, the thing I like the most about this show, I think, is that it's real people finding solutions to real problems in some super way, right? Sam doesn't have any superpowers. He doesn't have any super serum. He's got tech, sure. But he's also got a good heart, right? He's a good man. Um and he treats people with respect and i like that
0: <laughs> and i wish that happened more the way he was with carly the first time he spoke with her mm-hmm. that was inspiring like he's listening to her you know and he is yeah he is an inspiring superhero because he's doing super things just like you said he's a good man doing super things because he has the tech and he can tech the tech um now that's one of my disappointments. I didn't like the costume. It's very close to the comical costume. And oh,
2: that's half my notes is how much I yeah. hate the costume.
0: And I'm not a big fan of the costume and we'll see if we keep it during, you know, when we move to the movies or whatever.
3: Oh no, they're um, going
0: to revamp the, mo-
3: they're gonna
2: revamp the movie. They're
0: going to revamp. Here's the thing. The <laughs> costume itself really does reflect the comic books. And it's interesting because you have like kind of two different types of people who are going to be watching this. I think everyone was expecting him to come out in something like this, but for people who are familiar with the comics, it's like, okay, are we going to get what the comics gave us? I can't wait to see what they do. And they did, you know, or it's going to be people who are like, man, what's it going to look like? What's it going to look like? You know, and they're excited about what it's going to look like. Um, And then we got it. And I was just like, as cool as I love, like the shield that he can just sling it onto his back and it's integrated into his costume. Um, I was expecting something more like uh, Black Panther's costume. You know, I mean, the, the Wakandans built or rebuilt this for him. I, I was expecting more. Uh, I
2: know, I know. Except for the vibranium, which if anyone's wondering, um, you got to think about uh, Sam crashed through a helicopter and survived and kept flying. So that has to be vibranium. But in as far as style goes... There's nothing Wakandan in that. There has to be some sort of Wakandan detail in there. And I besides the vibranium, I could not find a thing that that looked like it came out of Wakanda.
0: And that's maybe with that vibranium because he was already doing that kind of stuff with his costume before with those wings and True. using the wings and and um I just feel like, you know, whoever it was, if it was Shuri or if it was someone else, like they were just like, yeah, you know, I I'm, I'm just getting this it's It's that homework thing, you know, where you can do it well or you can get it done so you can play video games, you know, and I just feel yeah. like whoever this was their homework, like they they were just like going they're shooting for a C um now,
2: I felt like they put more effort into John Walker's costume compared to this one
0: well and and I think part of it for me is the color scheme. that so, was
2: one thing that really got me.
0: I was telling, I was talking to my comic book shop people today, you know, and it's like there's just so much white in that costume. And I'm, I'm just thinking to myself just about laundry, like you know, <laughs> he's he's gonna be rolling around in the dirt, like that. That white in his costume is going to just sh- the stains are going to show up so well, and and you just gotta stay on top of that, you know, like you have to be really careful with that. And as soon as you get a stain, you got to get some cold water, you know, and, and just start, you know, dabbing it and. So- it, He's got to be, be careful and yeah, you you need yeah. to wear a color that can hide the stain.
2: And it's evident in the scene where Carly dies because on his shoulder you can see like a, a streak of dirt. There, It was just the color of the fabric plus the lighting. It's just there was something about it that clashed. And that half head cowl thing that he was wearing, I hated that. I hated it. I hated it for symbolic reasons. I hated it for the way it was cut on his head, because it did not fit his head, it was pushing down his ears in the scene where you saw him give the speech. So his the tops of his ears looked like they were folded down. It was it was awful.
0: I actually like the headpiece. I, <laughs> mm, I hated
2: it. I hated it again. Oh, I mean, you, oh. you
0: got to be careful with that headpiece because it's if you're eating pizza, you know, like you just got to be very take small bites because you don't want to <laughs> get the the sauce on your mask there, but. Yeah.
2: No, I don't Do think that would think be a he... problem because it didn't go under his chin. I think the problem would be the front of his of the chest piece.
0: I end up with with uh, pizza sauce all the way down my cheek and across the <laughs> not really, but
3: yeah. Now is he eating and... pizza or is he at shawarma?
0: Oh, I, I think he's eating that fried fried shrimp or whatever they had.
2: Oh,
0: at the well, end can we? Can, oh,
3: can we just go on to the party now?
2: There's one thing about the and one more thing about the costume that I hated, the okay. shoulder pads. They added a lot of padding <laughs> to the shoulder pads. I mean, it it, well, it was you... wider and therefore it made Anthony's head look smaller. It it, it was it was the wrong proportions. They yeah, that's they need you to... had
3: the queen of shoulder pads in your show, you've got to acknowledge it somehow.
2: Um. Mm-hmm. No. Who
3: are you talking? No,
2: about? no, it looks awful. I mean, Who, what? To, put him, put him uh, next to Bucky and John Walker in their costumes. They're look more proportional. His are like way out. I mean, I'm not. Even, he didn't need those wings with those shoulder pads. Okay, it looks awful. They're huge.
3: Did I lose you guys? No. No,
2: you're still here. And I know Anthony works out. Okay, so.
0: Well, the the dude's definitely built, you know, and he is. I think that one thing you're looking at is practicality. Um, the guy is not a super soldier. So as he's flying around, if this is what you the, yeah, talk about practicality, good. you're watching, you know, this guy with these wings, if he falls, oh my goodness, <laughs> like, oh, if those wings malfunction, he is not, it's not going to end well.
2: He does not have a helmet either. He has a half head cowl and no helmet. That, that head cowl is going to do nothing to protect his skull. Nothing.
0: Yeah. He, he does need a little bit more of a, a helmet kind of thing going on there, yeah. but even that would make it look really poor too. So yeah. Um.
2: But, but I mean, Steve Rogers and John Walker, they both had helmets and he doesn't get one
0: yeah i i like the look though. here's the thing i like the look of of the the cowl that he has i i think you're right he does need a, a costume helmet that's gonna but yeah. i i like the look the thing is this is definitely an MCUing of his captain america outfit in the comics and and so this is very just, close it, to that and and
2: yeah it, i appreciate it's what that you're it's expecting, just it just but. did not work <laughs> yeah. it did not work it, it, it needed it needed more revisions before it was finalized, and it it they didn't get that far. Um, yeah. So those are there's half my notes is about his costume and.
3: Yeah. You you want yeah. y'all want to go to some crawfish boil now?
0: Yes. Let's let's now,
3: get to a please. crawfish
2: boil.
0: Yeah, it was fun. Fun ending. Uh, uh, have you the,
3: guys ever been? to a louisiana party like that
2: no, no but i'm pretty sure it's close to a pig picking
3: i've never been it to louisiana yeah
2: parties like that are a lot of fun
3: the best food i've ever had is I've, made very similar to that
0: we need to do some some uh feedback okay some yes. feedback and be thinking of final words that you want to give but Let's go to some listener feedback, and this comes from Agent 084. Hey guys, just wanted to drop in and say how much I enjoyed the first and maybe only season of this show. It's a genius stretch of character development in my mind. If you decide only to watch the movies, you see Steve give Sam the shield, and then years later comes Captain America 4 and Sam in a cool new suit. And if you're like us and want to see Sam struggle to accept that mantle and everything that It meant here it is. It's a terrific way to make these Disney Plus shows connect enough to make sense and go deeper into the character, but almost be a detachable part of the MCU, which is a terribly hard task for Marvel Studios. There's much more I want to say, but if I don't only pick one more thing, it's to make a case for the character work of Carly and the Flag Smashers, dibs on the band name. These people have been victims of extreme nationalism their entire lives up until the snap. And just when it seemed like they were finally accepted, when these nations needed them, everyone blipped back, and suddenly those shrinking fences shot back up even taller than ever. And while Carly is a product of this deeply flawed system of nationalism, in comes John Walker, who is a a shameless personification of it. It's not really a stretch to see how one is a more sympathetic antagonist than the other. And this was all laid out pretty clearly by Sam in episode four, so people complaining about our hands not being held enough don't really have an argument. I think this show more than any has shown me that sometimes you don't care about a pl- if you don't care about a plot line it's not always the show's fault. Can't wait for the follow-up movie and for Modok and Loki coming out soon until next time. And that was from Agent 084. You also have a voicemail.
4: Hey, this is Agent Waz. I've called in a few times in the past, not always gotten in on the show, but that's okay. Um uh, just, uh, wanted to say, I really enjoyed both, uh, WandaVision and then now the, uh, Soccer and Winter Soldier series. Um, I there's so many things that I could say and go into. I know I don't have enough time because of the time limit on this. Um, but, uh, Baron Zemo, highlight for me in the show. I love what they did with him. I love where they're taking Bucky. I love all the things that they stated about, minorities and everything that goes with that, um and how they handled it with uh Sam Wilson taking over as the Falcon. Um the whole Valerie thing coming in, uh or Madame Hydra or whatever they end up making her be awesome. I love it. Total uh feel of another version of kind of uh a, a Nick Fury type thing going on there, but maybe with probably improbably with bad guys. Probably saying some really obvious things, um, but I still have a thought about what's going on with Sharon Carter or the power broker as we come to find out. Um, I'm really thinking that she's not truly the power broker. What if the twist that we find out later in the MCU is she is not the true power broker. She's actually working for the power broker, and it is uh, none other than Thunderbolt Ross. Um, that's what I'm wondering. I uh, I just kinda throwing it out there or some other character um, like Valerie, Madame Hydra or whatever we're gonna be calling her, um oh, don't say her name, sorry. Anyways just wanted to say I'm giving both series one division and Falcon and Winter Soldier um, four stars, uh actually probably more like a four and a half. Uh, they're the first of what we've seen in the MCU in a TV-type series outside of, uh, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Netflix Marvel stuff. Um, and so I just, uh comparing that just to the movies, I think they're four and a half stars, and they were great. Looking forward to Loki. And uh, just wanted to say thanks again, guys. Hope uh, you guys get on a more regular schedule and not get so far behind. Um, anyways just uh throwing that out there too and uh yeah later
3: so wait thunderbolt ross general thunderbolt ross he's holding on hope to your theory my friend he he and i are kindred spirits that's all i'm gonna say
0: all right got another email or a voicemail and uh here we go
1: this is agent marcus Reporting in. This series has been amazing. The episode five, The Truth, just broke my heart hearing Mr. Bradley say the words that no respecting black man would want to carry the stars and stripes. And Knowing that I've heard that as I was deciding between joining the military or joining the SHIELD, going to the SHIELD Academy, ultimately uh, deciding to go to the SHIELD Academy, but knowing that I was hearing that from my fellow older uh, relatives about joining the, hearing the exact same words when speaking about joining the military and then ultimately seeing Sam decide to make up his own mind and pick up the shield, or at least that's what we're hoping. I'm thinking that's what's in the case. Is his new shield, I mean, not the new shield, but his new suit to also help pick up the shield. Well, agents, I will be reporting after I watch the finale. I hope to hear from hear what you have to say about the finale. Bye.
0: So, Agent Waz, Agent Martin, and Agent 084, thank you for your words and thoughts. Agent Martin, um, I really hope you liked the finale. I have a feeling you did, because I don't. I don't think anyone who liked the series is going to get to the last episode and be like, "I hate this." I hate this, <laughs> but. I don't know. Maybe there is someone out there. Definitely, people had opinions about the costume. So,
3: yes, yeah, yes, they did.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was interesting to to hear from someone who had you know a similar uh, experience. Um, yeah, and and I do appreciate again talking about the universal ideas and themes. You know, uh, of of Sam just. Decided, you know what? I have to forge my path. I can't forget the people behind me, but I'm making a path forward and I I have to do my path, you know, and, and, um, and my path is going to honor them. And, and we didn't even talk about the whole museum exhibit that they did for, um, for Isaiah and it doesn't fix the path, but at least it acknowledges it, you know, and that was, that was a cool moment. And, you know, this, this whole show full of cool moments.
2: Oh, I have one more thing left in my notes. I just saw it. It's a cinematography visual thing, and you can go back and look for it. Every time Sam is in a scene with Bucky, Sam is on Bucky's left. And it comes full circle from when we first meet Sam in, uh, in Winter Soldier, and he's running around the Potomac doing his laps, and Steve is just breezing on by on his left. So Sam's come full circle. He's now the guy on the left.
0: That's really interesting. I would need to go back and look, but that's funny.
2: Mm-hmm. And there's huh. even a really interesting scene where uh, they kind of reverse the shot of the ca- or the angle of the camera. And Sam and Bucky cross each other so that they can, that that way Sam is still on Bucky's left visually because they have to turn around in the scene.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah. Stuart, any final notes from you?
3: I'm going to say that General Ross is the power <laughs> broker. what I'm saying. Uh as always guys it's great thank you for listening thank you for calling in um and you know I love sitting here talking about the MCU and I'm glad that you guys do too so uh as long as they keep making them we're going to keep talking about them
0: true that well, and we're going to keep talking a little bit after the credits about what's coming and dates of uh things that have been announced and things that have been announced without dates so yeah, but until then, I also want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast, and thank you so much for spending time with us. If we talked about Disney Plus and the Disney Plus MCU wing um, or corner, you know, you call it a corner, it's okay, because a corner is still a part of the room, you know, and so as of right now, it's still the, the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ABC corner <laughs> over there. Uh, and it's still part of the room until they say otherwise. Um, although we got, we got this covered has has come out with some pretty strong, strong words from oh, Kev Dog that it's not started. a part of things, but yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But
3: we don't read that source, so it's fine. Don't so me. you
2: shared an article from we got this covered.com. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So anyway, until next time uh, and until the next season of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, thanks for listening. Oh, wait, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Nah, that's Captain America. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us. Now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by calling 1775 level 7. That's 1775-553-8357. Or send us an email to feedback at welcome to level 7.com. Just don't forget, the seven is spelled out. You can also go to welcome to level7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there, or join us on our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash welcome to level 7. The 7 is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, the seven is spelled out, and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and Godspeed.
2: Nice. I like that ending.
0: All right. Very well done, (laughs) let's talk about what's happening with the MCU here. I don't want to take too much time, but I do feel like there's some stuff to talk about. And we posted some of it on our Facebook page. There's a graphic that we posted convenient graphic for you of important MCU dates. So uh, if you have a pen, write this down because in the course of 13 months, we're going to get seven movies. July 2021, Black Widow, movie one. September 2021, Shang-Chi, movie two. November 2021, Eternals, movie three. December 2021, Spider-Man, No Way Home, number four. March 2022, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, that's number five. May 2022, Thor, Love and Thunder, that's number six. And July 2022, Exactly a year. Uh, so July ninth is Black Widow. July eighth is Black Panther two, and November eleventh, two thousand twenty two, is Captain Marvel two. Those are the movies we have dates for. Now there's other movies that they've talked about and that they're doing, and Captain America four is one of them, but we don't have a date for that so far as I know. Thirteen months. I feel months, like they're making up the lost time. I, this boggles my mind. I mean, do you remember when uh, Endgame was still in theaters and Spider-Man was, was coming out and it was just like, wow, I can't believe Endgame is still in theaters. That's going to happen like with every single one of these. It's, yeah. I mean, Eternals will be in theaters when Spider-Man No Way Home comes out. It's, it's, it's just a few weeks in between them. Um. It's possible that they'll have pulled some of these out of theaters by that time, but good grief. And that's assuming that the major chain movie theater chains are going to be still in business. Um, And that's also, you know, who knows what they're going to do as far as release. But Black Widow, you will be able to pay $30 and watch Black Widow at home on the same day that it's in theaters.
2: For some people, that's going to be a huge benefit because... What if they have a ton of kids? That's a that's a deal to pay a th- extra thirty dollars to stay at home I, and watch it with kids.
3: I wouldn't take my kids. They can stay home. They can come. <laughs> they can watch their own movies. No, I'm kidding. Yes, that is a big deal. We did ride that way, um, and it was nice. It was nice. You know, we got popcorn, got the whole thing
0: set up. Well, that's how I did Kong or Godzilla versus Kong. I actually on Thursday night, I believe it was, walked down to the theater. <laughs> And um, got to see it in my small town theater. Not the greatest experience, but that's another story. And then the next night, watched it in my living room with my kids. And it, For for Godzilla vs. Kong, well worth the HBO Max because my four kids and myself all got to see it and basically that $15 a month or whatever it is, um, it paid off nicely for that one movie. The funny thing was... I watched it the second time and enjoyed it. Uh, My son stuck through the whole way and loved it. One of my daughters watched it and was just like, yeah, Millie Bobby Brown is in this. And she was kind of engaged. One of my daughters just up and left halfway through. She's like, I'm done. This isn't fun for me. I don't want to watch this. So she just walked away and went downstairs and just had some alone time. And my other daughter fell asleep on the couch. So if that had been $6 tickets for each one of them, would have been a much different story.
3: <laughs> I was actually thinking about your hometown theater recently, because I was like, I wonder if that couple that Ben used to sit in movies with is still there, and I
0: wonder what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> <I> won- <laughs> the movie experience has changed a lot, and I ha- I haven't seen them so.
3: Well, I you know what. They're not listening. But if they are, I really hope you guys are okay. Just doing good.
0: Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, the uh, the narrative that I was creating for these random couples that were the same <laughs> couple, uh, but weren't at all the same couple, um, they had split up at one point. And it is possible that I sat next to them in my hometown theater because I'm sitting there about to get up and go say, hey, the audio is really quiet. Can you please turn it up? And instead, and now everyone's kind of spaced out in this theater. It's a long theater that's like four seats on either side of the aisle. And I'm sitting there in the second seat almost to the wall and I'm about ready to get up. And this three year old kid comes in, plops down in the seat right next to me. And at first I'm like, do I know this child? Because, you know, part of my job is, you know, I'm, I'm the, a children's pastor at a church in this town, right? Um, Nope, I don't know this child. The father comes, sits down. Don't know the father either. He just sits down. And I just made a point to say, well, hello to the little kid, kind of loud. This is 10 minutes into the movie. And uh, just to make sure the dad knew, hey, your your kid just sat down next to me. Maybe you don't know that there's someone in the aisle with you. And nope, they just sat down and they watched the movie. And <laughs> at one point, the kid pipes up he's eating him because uh, Kong was fighting a monster and picked it up and started I'm not going to say exactly what it is because I don't want to spoil it but two thirds of the way through the movie they did leave to go to the bathroom I believe and did not come back to their seat but it could have been that could have been the child of of that couple with uh, going out on a boys night out with uh, dad so could have been but wasn't (laughs) i hope it was hey uh, as far as but oh go ahead
3: go ahead no go ahead
0: i was gonna say as far as tv series go the only date that we have right now is june 11th which is loki and we also know that there's going to be six episodes at least that's what i was able to find as i was looking around for official um official stuff so summer there's also the what if show um and then later this year We'll have Ms. Marvel and Hawkeye, I believe. So, but we don't have dates on that.
2: Yeah, we just have summer, fall, winter. We're not sure when. Yeah. Well, and we do know
3: that the Friday after the end of um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, as of recording tomorrow, uh, we're going to get an assembled making of. Falcon Winter Soldier, which is going to be cool.
0: And there's one other thing, and that is let's see, where are we? We are in April, less than a month. May 21st we are going to see the I believe all 10 episodes of MODOK will be dumped on Hulu.
2: I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Do
3: Do you want to play our favorite game, Ben?
0: I don't think we need to play the game. This is not MCU. Uh, we do not need but, to play the sounder. The question, is it MCU? The answer, no. <laughs> no. Uh,
3: oh, that's right, because it had Tony Stark in it, and he was not voiced by Robert Downey Jr. Ergo, not MCU. Okay. Uh
0: Sure.
2: And we have Pat Oswald, Nathan Fillion, lots of other people who have already shown up in the MCU and are recast.
0: Um, (laughs) Whoopi Goldberg is in this. Um,
2: Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs)
0: yeah. Oh, that'd be great. No, uh, (laughs) hey, I'm going to watch it. I probably will enjoy it. The thing about it is I I think we'll cover it uh, the same way we did um, Hellstrom.
2: Hellstrom, Hellstrom. yeah, just with the one episode for the entire series? we did the
0: one episode for the entire... I think that's what we'll do for this. It'll be one episode for the entire series. It's not MCU, but it is Marvel. My biggest disappointment is that, like Hellstrom, which was supposed to kind of create and be a part of this kind of dark corner of the MCU, which maybe it was... We can play the game for Hellstrom. But um, this was supposed to be this goofy comedy corner. Oh,
3: that's right! And this was going to to lead into...
0: the offenders. <laughs> oh,
3: offenders, yeah. Because <laughs> we're so, we supposed to get like a Howard the Duck series yep. out of it or
0: something? Yep. Howard okay. the Duck. Um, Tigra. I think. Boy, I can't remember now. Oh, here it is. Uh, Hit Monkey, Tigra, and Dazzler, and Howard the Duck, and then they would cross over with the offenders. But this and is all we're scrap- getting. And so the question is, are we going to get um, a cliffhanger at the end of this thing? Maybe. And that's that's one of the things in life that I hate the most is a cliffhanger that you know you're not going to get any kind of follow through on it. But, Just um, like
3: the original Howard the Duck movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if that had a cliffhanger or not. It did but, not. Sure. I mean...
2: <laughs> I remember not caring about Howard the Duck about twenty minutes in.
3: <laughs> you know, there is a great commentary out there on the internet.
2: There is, but I think you have to be a Patreon patron in order to get it.
0: You yeah, do. you do get it um, if you if you support us financially in any way, um, you get it. So, however, however much or however long um, it is available to you, I'm not sure how many people have actually downloaded it and i might need to since we've moved servers for our episodes i might need to actually revisit making sure that people can access it but
3: yeah now guys i'm i'm poking fun but it is actually a very good commentary ben and um, it is daniel go well ben goes into a lot of detail about it daniel just kind of watches the movie
0: oh daniel (laughs) knew what he was talking about man he did
3: but it's it's good to hear. It's good to hear those guys talk about some Marvel movie.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll do the same thing with Man Thing. There, You asked for people to, you know, sound off if they wanted to hear it. No one sounded off. So <laughs> I may have dodged a bullet with having to. I, I do plan to watch that movie one more time. Give it one more chance.
2: Don't hold your okay. breath, folks.
0: i would do it if there was people clamoring for it but no one is because no one cares about that movie
3: (laughs) how how many people would it take for you to save gamora i mean to watch uh man thing would it take
0: a hundred no for no take one (laughs) uh for me to really seriously consider doing a commentary which because that includes uh, you know, research that includes, um, you know, being ready <laughs> to be able to talk the entire movie. And so having conversational pieces that are ready to go. Um, so trivia about the movie, stuff about, you know, the character and the comics and stuff like that. There's work that goes into that. Um, actually, uh, <laughs> the more I think about how much work would go into that, the, the higher my number is going to go up, but not, not too high. Like <laughs> if, we, if we had five different people who were not you, Stuart. (laughs) or you samantha you two don't count so it'd have to be seven if we're including you two um i I think we we might might consider trying to do something like that over the summer but you know there's other stuff we need to do though we still have to talk about netflix stuff and (laughs) we have time now i was expecting Uh, that we wouldn't have time because i was expecting um this this series to go for nine episodes you know we're supposed
3: to get into the place where it was A new MCU every Friday
0: or something like that. Yeah, with just a couple weeks off in between. And no. And why not? Because this was only six episodes long. Loki is Mm -hmm. only six episodes long. And yeah, but those six episodes were basically, you know, two movies. True. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you guys for spending time with me and uh thank you listeners for spending time with us but let's uh let's close this one down
3: okay